Welcome back to another episode of the Pedestrian Podcast. Myself, Stuart Court and Adam Nathan. How are we, sir? I'm not too bad, mate. Happy Christmas, happy New Year, impending and all that stuff, and happy playoffs. Yeah, or maybe, potentially. There's still hurdles to jump and not clatter through as any horse I back back on uh, quite often does and just barrels through and falls over, which that might be a fitting way for... The season's finished, but yeah, the Seahawks are in the playoff picture at the minute. They're inside, they're on the, the right side of the dotted line. Uh, yeah, it, where, where, where do you want to go? Because we haven't, we haven't potted for a while. Do you want to start in Nashville and jump well, around? It's sort, of, it's sort of two fairly similar games, really. I mean, notwithstanding the score was literally the same <laughs> and it was a late touchdown and then a bit of a defensive stand to actually win it. Like that was, you know, genuinely identical. But the way in which, you know, Pete loves his can you win a game in, in the first quarter mantra. I mean, he's really sticking with that, the way that he's sent the team out to play the last two first halves, um, one of which I had the fortune or otherwise to be in attendance of. Because <laughs> um, they've been dog shit in the first three quarters of the last two games mm. and somehow pulled out their backsides. Um, and I guess that's okay, but the longevity of that may be... Um, isn't something that's going to uh, continue uh, all the way through, I, I would fear. Yeah. Uh, I thought Sunday felt a lot like the Bengals game without the points explosion at the start. It was just kind of like, just, yeah, the game just kind of went by. And at the end of it, the Seahawks won. Obviously, in Cincinnati, they lost. But Sunday was, <laughs> I was bored at like multiple <laughs> occasions during that game on Sunday. Just nothing really happened. I think it was only like 13 possessions or maybe 15 I think it's 8, 7 to them yeah, or something like that but, which is not a lot in an NFL game which kind of but yeah it just I, I didn't watch the Eagles game I made the wise decision of going to bed uh, at a re- relatively normal hour but yeah Sunday was yeah like it, it didn't feel that bad it was just dull and mm. then Gino pulled it out of the bag um, but I think the second half kind of improved because they didn't give up 40 yards on the ground in the second half. Um, Tannehill kind of showed why he was benched six weeks ago a little bit more. And yeah, like the, the offense started to have a few plays. They remember the DK Metcalf on the outside, which is always a fun moment of realization uh, when you see the team and realize that. But yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it's the, the must win mantra kind of, I think, weighed more with the Eagles game. Because if yeah. they didn't win that, then nothing really matters from Sunday onwards. But the fact they backed it up with an early early kickoff win is is encouraging, especially with what we've got coming in the next couple of weeks. Well, I think that's why part of Sunday was so frustrating because they did work so hard to get that game against Philadelphia. You know, against the odds. You know, the defense played well. Drew had a drive at the end, and to think that they were going to piss it all away to a team. Who are a, just ba- sort of, a, a bad team. Yeah, just seeing out the weeks um, at this stage, you know, looking forward to Carbo, wherever they're going to go on their, on their holidays <laughs> after the season, was so frustrating that, you know, I, I thought it would be one of the worst losses that Pete's probably had. But mm. they pull out of the bag and then you have no idea how to analyse them. They, they really are a bizarre team this year. 
Um, I don't know if I'm enjoying them or not, but they're just a weird, a weird team to be following. Yeah, I, I do think it's more enjoyable than last year. Yes. But that might be because they're better than they were last year. They've got better players. I think people like JSN are a massive part of that. The fact that Ken Walker, although he's had injuries, Ken Walker's like sustained those flashes through 16 weeks. I think that kind of helps. But yeah, it's still, there's still, it's still a massive, the, the, the playoff January question mark is still going to linger until they answer it, hopefully, in what, 17 days, 16 days? God, is that when it would be? Uh, yeah, that's that's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's still gonna it's still gonna linger. Um, then also you look at the other side of the the, the aisle in the AFC and you see that Jake Browning and the guy we're gonna face this week and Mason Rudolph and you're like, maybe start maybe walk backs and just like slide it. And then you got Joe Flacco as well, just <laughs> turning back. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. This yeah, I I don't really know where I'm going with this point, but let's carry on. Well, look, as any fantasy player will tell you. Injuries have just decimated this season as much. I feel like more than ever. Yeah. Maybe that's recency bias, but it just feels like so many players have missed chunks yeah. of games, not just the odd here or there. Like so many guys have missed two, three, four weeks at a time, or mm. IR'd. Um, yeah, four or five quarterbacks on, on that's, that would start aren't playing, and you're just seeing these toilet matchups. To be honest, at times. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean Sunday might be one of them. We don't really like like you like your point a minute ago. That might be one of them because we don't really know what we're going to get from Gino Waldron's offense, and it makes the Rudolph uh, lit up the Bengals on mm. uh, last Saturday. So it's like could be it could be a toilet or it could be a was it thirty eight thirty three when Doug went wild on <laughs> a few Decembers ago. Uh, I would probably. If I had to pick one of the two that it's likely to be, <laughs> would probably suggest it would be the former of those two. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, okay, yeah, it's New Year's Eve as well. What a way to roll in the new year! I know. Is anyone going to watch? Because it literally I'm, I'm, is as the ball drops, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm going to watch. To be quite honest, but that says more about my uh, social life than anything else. Um, I think the last time the ball dropped on a Seahawk game was it not when uh, Blair Walsh missed a kick against the. The then Redskins, now Commanders, uh, or was it the Cardinals? It's the Cardinals in the last game of the season, normally, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just seem that way. That sounds about right. But yeah, it's I, I don't remember. This is like uh, late noughts, cov. <laughs> <laughs> it happened, but not many people were there to remember it and chronicle it. Uh, yeah, but like on 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 Sunday, on Gene, on the, the quarterbacks thing, like there was a lot of conversation about Drew and how he played but from all accounts it was literally those 92 seconds at the end of the game Adam. Yeah, I don't think there should be any controversy at all at this stage um, You know, Noah Fant nearly battered a ball up uh, <laughs> on the first play of that drive against Philadelphia and if that happened then Drew's probably under 100 yards for the game uh, <laughs> and it don't look great um, I, you know, obviously look it was great he put that drive together I still think, you know, he was helped out a little bit by some incredible receiver work by DK and then JSN. Uh, look, all you want in your backup is to know that they can do that if you need them to at some point. But mm. people are way too quick, I think, to vault the backup into uh, the starter role. Backups are generally there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, they generally do quite well at the start because defensive coordinators don't know what to do about them, but I'd be pretty certain that if Philadelphia saw Drew Locke again, 
uh, they'd have more success. And uh, yeah, if if we were going to Philadelphia, which is not beyond the run's possibility uh, in week one of the playoffs, um, I'd give me Geno Smith every day of the week <laughs> in that scenario, I think. Yeah, I think that's not a wild take. Although, to be fair to Drew, like, that was quite a way to finish out the game. It was amazing. Like that is, like, I think uh, JT Sullivan, the QB, QB store on YouTube and Twitter and the rest of it, Posted up a brilliant video breakdown of the just how like like everything for Drew Luck is working then footwork timing like placement everything was working for him it's it's just so weird that like those kind of moments they kind of like centrally focus in and I'm able to pull up because like the the the, the game winner is a perfectly thrown pass mm. and it's a really good catch but the DK ones yeah. I mean the first one is a better throw it's probably it could be six anyway. Which is a different question for the defense to answer, but the the one down the right sideline, um, yeah, is it's just it's like it just yeah, it's just mad way that they kind of like the focus comes down and like all like the thinkers come up for quarterbacks and they're just able to, yeah. Now, I think it was quite. I can't remember who it was. It may have been Boye Mafe, Mike Top, who said we want to Drew Luck after and go. That was the Mizzou Drew Luck. That's what we hmm. saw when you're in college. That's kind of that's quite cool that. That kind of like that reference me just because Boy Mafia was probably like 13. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's fun. But the, yeah, the conversation doesn't change. Gina Smith's the quarterback until he isn't, until the, te- the team decide otherwise. It's not going to be a Gino decision. It's probably, I mean, depending on what they do next April, I guess it's probably not going to be a, it won't be a Gino decision, will it? Unless his play completely falls apart. But, um, but yeah, uh, Back, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to the Eagles game a bit more before. How, obviously, you were out there. How was your uh, How was your trip? We've always said on this pod that people need to make the trip. Um, this one was, <laughs> I mean, it hit every again that, that uh, analogy hit every fence on the way from booking to. So, uh, you actually jump on the plane and going out there. But how was the four or five days over there? Yeah, I mean, I, I really batted a thousand whilst I was out there. So, <laughs> uh, I got to see every, everyone I wanted to see on multiple occasions, including our friend Michael Sean Dugar a few times, which was good, including at the tailgate uh, where he snuck out the press box for an hour or so beforehand. Um, Kev, who we've met before, who I reminded oh, him o- owes us owes us dinner at the Metropolitan Grill after yeah. Europe's Ryder Cup success. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's, he, he's, he's, he's had a kid, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He managed yeah. to swerve that little uh, little offer uh, quite, <laughs> quite well. Um, I saw Jasmine McIntyre, who's a good friend of cool. ours, uh, and it was great. And then obviously on game day, now that I think about how much happened on game day, I was definitely more pissed than I thought I was, um, <laughs> which is probably worth, worth saying. Uh, Fireball and hard cider makes a great tailgating drink let me tell you hard cider yeah like apple like proper cider like, as opposed like, to like scrumpy yeah i guess like whatever americans drink like alcoholic cider because they have like non-alcoholic cider. yeah yeah, yeah. they have what's the one that doug baldwin used to talk about is it sparkling cider yeah i don't know but fire fireball and, and cider on a, on a on a cold day is, is a good one um it's, it's a bit it's a bit different in seattle so they've they've closed this is won't mean a lot to a lot of people but if anyone has been sort of tailgating to areas that that we know if if, if you've been with us if you've been there and you've seen us there more often yeah. than not so they've they've closed down that entire parking lot where they used to tailgate which is a real shame and the atmosphere does suffer so there's a little area just opposite the the, the main team store uh, which is like a, like an open square that's been commandeered by tailgaters now, and that's where we spent the day. Uh, 
obviously the game was was great delicious smoked hot dogs inside the uh the park can't complain with that at all um and then after the game i was lucky enough so obviously nick below is a friend of ours and uh, he sorted me out with a little players and family and friends post game area um and you know there's some American podcast about that because so I, I was waiting for him to come out the locker room and loads of the players were coming out so i saw who did i see frank clark jaron reed Abe Lucas. Did you tell Frank? Did you tell Frank your way here? Done. Yeah, I should have done. She said, "Thanks, mate, for the booking, cover grand." Um, Abe Lucas, who's enormous, the biggest guy on the team. Like in terms of like when you see someone walk past, you're like, "Whoa, they're massive." Uh, Michael Dixon, uh, DK came out. I saw Bobby briefly come out, and one thing that did strike me is that it was a massive win, right? And this was probably twenty minutes after the pick. I would say this that this okay. happened. So players changed quickly and they were out. And I was really struck by the level of it felt like a the weight was lifted off a lot of players. And and the it was a very um it felt like a very relieved environment and atmosphere. There were you know loads of families there. Um it wasn't euphoric, I didn't think. Or people were obviously happy with the win, but you could just tell there was a lot of when people saw their families, a lot of sort of Thank goodness for that. Yeah, yeah. It, it it felt like a big weight had been lifted when I saw people. Look, and I'm no body language expert, but you can you can tell sort of when mm. people greet people that they're the closest to, um, how they're thinking. Um, and it definitely felt like a lot of them thought, "Oh, we needed that one." The the, the weight was lifted, <laughs> uh, which is probably a good thing because you you probably and and it's probably something that Pete instills on them quite a lot that you don't get too many emotional highs and lows outside of the you know, cel- you know game time and the initial celebration um yeah. i mean i mean was, i mean look a, yeah a four game loser streak in like the premier league is 11 days yeah a four game loser streak in the nfl is a month could be up to six weeks if like the schedule falls out so yeah it, it must it must that must be part of it but yeah very 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 cool to see uh some of your pictures very funny to see the one the backstory to the one that uh uh, Mike Dugar posted up on uh, Monday from you at it Legion, but they're no, not Legion Bar, uh, the Bar in Bellevue, when you're basically being held up by a five for eight Michael Sean Dugar. Yeah, Central Bar and Grill. So there's a bit of a backstory to that. I did land at midday, <laughs> having had a 10 hour flight, turned myself around and went straight out to a bar about half past three. And you know, you know, when you get a taste for it and it's all tasting really good, <laughs> well, you can only do that for so long. And at 8 30, I was passed out. <laughs> Uh, thank you to Joey for, for taking me home because uh, I needed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was all fun and games. It was great. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I got to spend a bit of time with Nick, who was, who was on great form for a couple of days. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's a fantastic place to visit. Yeah. Um, it, if you are a fan and you're umming and ahhing about doing it, you know, forget what the team are doing. The three hours you spend inside the stadium for the game is almost the least important part of the whole the whole thing you, know, you want to soak up the atmosphere you want to go and see people and tailgate and everyone's so welcoming as we as we've always said mm. um and it's just a great place to be and it, you know I, I know i got your text message when i when i landed saying yeah i did try <laughs> you did, can't but, say i didn't yeah, try the, the financials offered by an irish bookmaker are not uh not not cutting it for 2020 well, if you could pick, if you could pick a few winners then uh uh, Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll get onto that in a bit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's very cool. Uh, it's just, yeah, I need to, make, need to make a trip out to that side of the Atlantic 
definitely at some point. And watching, looking at Andy, uh, Andy uh, Robinson, who's out in Nashville at the minute, post, so just, yeah, that seems like a top tier. Well, that was the one we wanted, wasn't it? We really wanted to go to that. It was, one. it was. I met me and uh, shout out Jake, were in uh, Birmingham, the uh, Alexandra Theatre in Birmingham. And you texted me saying Titans is Christmas Eve. I was like, oh no. Yeah, that really for, killed for, us. For, yeah, for an hour of a stand up show, I could think about is not going to. Nashville, but uh, but yeah, um, yeah, back on. But like, what, what, what was your? I mean, obviously, you said you were inebriated, but what was your take? Was it? <laughs> is this team more fun to watch in person than they were on TV? Not when they're losing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not when they're losing. Um, like, because obviously, you you can see more from your seat up in the three hundreds at at Lumen than you can from your sofa in London, but. Like because you can see what what Quandre's doing a bit more, what Julian Love's doing a bit more. You can see what Gino's missing, maybe kind of thing. Does that does that kind of did change your view on how like a Julian or a Quandre was playing? Yeah, I mean it was a scrappy game. That and in fairness, I think Quandre and Julian Love probably had their best games of the season up to date on that night. Mm-hmm. And I think it you know it started even you know Quandre laid a really big hit early on in the game, and you know, that stuff does matter. You know if you if you can start winning the physicality. In these games, you know, it's, it's still human on human. It's not. It's not a game of robots. You know, it yeah. does matter if you could, if you can do something like that. And, and fair play to Quandre, who I think has probably had his two best games of the season in in the last two games. Yeah, um, yeah I, you know, it is fun sitting up in the three hundreds because you can see the developing routes and and who's open. And you know, I think the first pick that Julian Love had. Um, there was a moment where I was like, oh shit, because <laughs> the, the receiver looked looked like he was gone. And then all of a sudden, you know, Love closed the gap. And actually for his second pick, his closing speed on that ball was insane. Yeah. Um, but like the natives were not happy to start the game. There, uh, there were there were boos, I think, on the south of the second offensive series. Yeah. Um, and I think it sounded like people were saying, Get Gino in or something, but it, it wasn't that. It was it wasn't anything like as uh, offensive like to the team as that. It was, it was something I can't remember what it was, but it was nothing serious. But yeah, like people were restless, um, and I, I got the idea that that if there was a sea change in Seattle, that there wouldn't be anywhere near as much opposition as there would have been a couple of years ago. That was my general take. Speaking to people around the city for the weekend that I was there, that's interesting. Because like last time I was out there was uh, with you for the yeah forty nine game in twenty one yeah. Whereas I think then the idea of making a change would have been sacrilegious. But I mean, people, but, people... but the but the change then was the quarterback. Yeah, that's and it true. was like it, it was a bit like I thought Pete and that were done then. But like the, the bigger conversation was, well, what are we going to do with this quarterback? So that was three months away from happening. But like it, there seems to be a, a a wider reluctance for to. to do the clean sweep, but now it's interesting that two years later, when they've been to like they've won more than they probably thought they were going to do two years ago. I think people were are happy to entertain the conversation now. Yeah. Whereas they two years ago, it wasn't even close to being something that no. was being thought about as, as viable. No. Which is but, interesting. But it's also interesting because there doesn't seem to be that person out there who could come in and take over, kind of thing. There doesn't seem to be the the college yeah. coach, for example, doesn't seem to be unless unless it happens, they're going through some money at like a go find the OC in Detroit, Ben Johnson, going for the money at him. Yeah, but that isn't the, the, that's not going to be a full change, is it? Because you you can't he's not going to get the power Pete has kind of thing. I don't know. It's just, just yeah, it's interesting that uh, on back on Sunday, it's nice to cut your eye on Sunday. 
Absolutely. Um, it was nice to see Woolen make a hit to the sort of end of the game because he's yeah. not had the best time of it, but that was and a heck of a good hit. It, it was. And it's, uh, yeah, there's, he's, he's, he's getting dragged in a weird way this year. Like, I, I, yeah, so I think he would probably admit he's had a struggle coming back after his uh, knee injury in the summer. But yeah, there's. I think I said ages ago about him and Spoon is you can see why he was a fifth round pick. And I think that's just what we've seen from him. You can mm-hmm. like, not the drop off, but this kind of like lapse is probably always going to happen. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's not like sustained. If he just sustained it, he wouldn't have been a fifth round pick. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, there is one thing, like we've always heard about how they treat the other game the same. Um, it, it kind of feels like the one who hasn't treated the, these week to week weeks or games the same is the head coach, the guy who spreads the message because he seems to get really high up high about the wins, about the Eagles win. And then, like, for, like you said, for three quarters on Sunday, it's kind of like, what the hell is this? It kind of just seems to, the messaging doesn't seem to be getting through to the guy spreading the message. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's stupid, Pete. He must know that, you know, he's semi on, on the hot seat in a mm. way that, like, you can't keep losing. No. Um, and yeah, I'm sure he hears stuff. And yeah, I know players and coaches claim to completely shut the noise out, but they definitely don't. You know, players know when they. You saw with Lamar Jackson against the the Niners, he he referenced sort of Mike Florio's take about the game and stuff like that. They're very aware of what's going on and what people Mm. think. Yeah, And, and Pete's not daft, so I would imagine he sort of hunkered down and realized that it's go time. And fair play to him, like. You know, I want to make a change, but at least if your message is still coming across and you're motivating your guys to do what you want them to do, you know, that that helps. You know, you, you can't argue with that. No, I mean, yeah, no, you can't. It is, yeah, I don't know. I think just Sunday was so flat, I think. It's just kind of like maybe the coach needs to calm it down a bit, but obviously we'll never know what those conversations uh, like uh, looking ahead to this Sunday, Pittsburgh. I mean, uh, TJ Watt is going to be. I mean, they kind of dealt with Miles Garrett. They didn't really bother dealing with Mika Parsons. <laughs> uh, Aaron Donald. I don't really remember him being much of an issue, although I guess he did injure Gino. He injured Gino, didn't he? Um, but TJ Watt is. I think Pete put it like he's different. He's got like everything of the other guys in one kind of thing. He, it's going to be an issue. It's going to be a test because. Charles Cross had a few plays last couple of weeks where it's like, oof, okay, that's a concern because you've been like the one mainstay and consistent part of the O-line and this Sunday's got probably maybe the best, one well, of the best, well, top three pass rusher in the, in the league. Yeah, I mean, they've got no safeties, which obviously is a big help. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think this Steelers' defence was, was predicated, or the Steelers' team, was predicated on being as almost a lockdown of defense in all yeah. areas you could possibly be, and they've lost people in in key Minka. areas. Minka. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge. He's a huge, huge loss. But I think they lost the other safety the next play two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, against the Colts. Yeah, that sounds right. So that's obviously hampered them. But look, the Seahawks probably aren't that much better than the Bengals are. Um, you know, obviously Jake Browning to Geno Smith is a big difference, but there's, there's you know there's plenty of skill in that Bengals team and the Steelers worked them last week. Um, hopefully a, a week of taking Mason Rudolph might help the Seahawks, but this probably looked a lot easier game two weeks ago than it does 
two days out, I would suggest. Yeah, a week ago it looked. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, like the, the, I think the spread is like four and a half. Like the it's four and a half, which sounds about right. It doesn't feel there's not. A, it doesn't feel like it's a blowout pendant. It doesn't feel like. Yeah, so they, 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 they reckon Seattle. Away. They reckon Seattle are a point and a half better, and there's home advantage. And I yeah. reckon that probably sounds about right. Yeah, like you said, 2017-23-17 is going to be the game. Yeah, which kind of feels uh, spot on. It is mad how often that comes up as well because <laughs> it's ended a few of the accumulators this season. Um, yeah, like. I'd, I'd, I'd hope that the Seahawks defense have enough to stop. Um, basically, we repeating what he did against the Bengals, but like the matchups outside, we pick like Pickens, and then you got the, the run game is is an issue because Derek Henry had no yards the week before, then went off in the first half last week, and Jalen Warren, Najee Harris just kind of just churn. They don't really have that explosion. They just kind of churn and get six and a half yards every four and a half, six, six and a half yards every. Every play, but the if 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 you just got to make them as one dimensional as, as quick as possible, haven't they? They've got to either make make Rudolph force the ball to someone not named George Pickens, and that you'd hope play into Seahawks' hands. Yeah, I reckon Tariq Woolen to have a pick at any time in the game is a good bet this week. <laughs> yeah, because I think exactly that will happen. That hopefully the Steelers will be chasing the game, and Rudolph will have to throw and. That's when Willem often does some of his best work when, yeah. you know, obvious passing downs and he can anticipate and he's got such insane closing speed that, yeah, I, I reckon a pick for Willem is is my uh, my prediction yeah. for this it, week. Yeah, it, it it sounds like Jordan Brooks is going to miss out, which is probably a tough one. A tough one with this, but just with how to see this stack up with what we said with the two running backs and not not the. Not the deepest of options of weaponry at receiver because Pickens is really good, but can go missing. Deontay Johnson could kind of does it once a month. Um, but yeah, it's it, 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 I, you'd expect the Seahawks to win, but it's it's not. I don't think it's going to be an enjoyable two and a half three hours. Yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right. Uh, yeah, I, I think I actually want to go twenty three seventeen as well. My um, my prediction. This is good podcast. Twenty four twenty Seattle. So take Steelers plus four and a half, or whatever yeah. it is, even three and a half. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, anything else you want to talk about? I mean, we probably should talk about um, Sean Payton. <laughs> uh, like we said a few years ago, that um, before a few years, that the legacy of the quarterback who Gene Smith took over from is not going to be what he probably thinks. And uh, this week is going to alter that even more, isn't it? Like he might be out of the league in like two years. Russ. Yeah. Well he's getting paid for two more seasons, right? But the it's it, it's incredible how it's just all spiraled. He away. hasn't played a down on his new contract with the Broncos. He had two years left on his deal when he signed that contract when he, yeah. when he was traded. Yeah. Like the, the the thing with all the Peyton stuff is that everyone can see this coming apart from the guy who kind of supported him in the in that building, it sounds like, and that was Wilson. But everyone knew what Sean Payton was and what Sean Payton was probably going to do. He was like, Russell Wilson lost the ego off with Pete Carroll and John Schneider. He was not going to beat Sean Payton in one. No. And he's already Payton's lost it. Bellend. Yeah. 
and like it's yeah it's it's and I want no part of him the, the chat of him the conversation starters of oh should should he come back to hit no why, yeah, why no, would he should. why would they and it'd be the most poisonous thing that like the league will ever see it's, look he's going to be a great asset for someone as yeah. long as he has the it's weird because if he will he have the humility to play on the vet minimum even though well, he's not getting paid that much money probably not but there's going to be teams out there who will be fine paying him a little bit more than what Gino got paid. Do you reckon? Well, maybe not Gino this year. Gino, 18 months ago. Oh, what, like eight, nine million? That's yeah, the range. Yeah, two years, 20 million kind of thing, yeah. I think there will be. Vegas, Giants. Vikings, um, maybe. Vi- yeah, Vikings, maybe. Yeah, there's going to be teams out there who... Like the, the, Gi- the Giants and the Raiders, you just have to circle them. The media market, just the... The haphazard nature, nature to their ownership goes about things, uh, particularly on the West Coast. It's just, yeah, it's, he's going to find a home. And like the Raiders now... He's going to be alluring to some teams because you basically get Russell Wilson and a 20 million cap cap break Yeah, if you sign him because he, of how much, how little money he's. you would imagine he's going to take unless he goes insane and demands double bubble on his salary, which would be hilarious. But I, I surely he's not going to do that. But it, it just seems like all his... Everything has just been whittled away from him. Yeah. Like his standing in the league, his negotiation power and stuff, it's, it's absolutely, it's madness to watch in like literally, what, 18, 19 months. I mean, at this stage, he has no chance of being a Hall of Famer. No. Like it had to happen in Denver for yeah. him to have a chance. Yeah. It had to, it had to, had to happen again. It had to happen again outside of the, the Pete Carroll. Yeah. LOB bubble. And he's absolutely no chance at this stage. No. But like two years ago, he's walked Peyton Man of the Year, sitting next to Roger Goodell. <laughs> um, and now he's going to be out of the league on the second week of March. Like, obviously, be re signed, but he will be on the he'll be on, he'll be on the free agency list with like Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's mad. Um, and, so was, and if I was spinning the bin, I've got a feeling where this is going, but spinning the bin. I'm, I'm, or... I might put you in the bin. Um, it's not, it's more, I don't know if it's like a bin-worthy thing, but I find the Brock Purdy discourse quite confusing. But that is literally what I was going to put in the bin. But in which way, though? I'm, I don't care who wins MVP. Right, I don't care who wins MVP, but there's a lot of people sort of dunking on Brock Purdy for not winning every single game. And I don't really understand what he has done to deserve anyone was, giving shit for not it, winning anything. It was pretty bad against the Ravens, but it's been pretty bad for most quarterbacks. Yeah, since look, the I, I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, wasn't able to watch it, but the more, the more point is like, you know, he said that McCaffrey should be the MVP, which is just, you know, smart PR. Seems like a decent enough bloke. He's had to carry the Mr. Irrelevant tag around with him for two years, which people still use. And I don't know, it's not like if the Sean Watson has a bad game, you can, under, or Aaron Rodgers, you can understand where everyone dunks on him and say, oh, I told you he's shit. Like, why is everyone leaping to sort of dance on, on Brock Purdy defeats. I don't really understand why. He seems like a nice enough bloke who's just yeah. trying to carve out a career earning peanuts, uh, yeah. doing one of the hardest jobs as well as he can in the league. I, I find, yeah, I, I just find a lot of the discourse quite strange with him. Yeah, no, it is. Like I've seen nothing about how well the Ravens played defensively on, on Monday more that like, like that's the end of Brock Purdy. It's, well, it's not. He's still probably going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll probably, probably have the same happen again, but 
yeah, he's still like nothing really changes on that. But it, that my well, my bin was well, uh, you for waking up on Thanksgiving because we were winning 28-27. Well, the week after Thanksgiving, sorry. Yeah. And it all went to shit. Um, <laughs> I don't care about the MVP. No. I, I, I don't care who went like this. I know like ESPN and all that kind of have to fill the airtime, but like it changes every day. Like who cares? It probably it probably should be Lamar. It I don't think be- it should be Lamar at all. He's got t- like eight. I think it should be McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill. Oh, okay. That's not <laughs> neither of them are my second one either. Or it should be Dak because Dak watching that Dolphins game as intently as I was on Sunday, <laughs> he is really, really fucking good. I, I just think that. All right, Dak at least is is going to sort of prove the point here. But the MVP is an award that should be awarded over what you do over the 17 games that you play. Yeah. And I, I increasingly feel like it's becoming an award given to the person that gets hot at the right time. Or has the moments. Yeah, or has the is moments that, at the we, right time in the season. We saw that with, with Michael Penix in Washington. Like every time he threw, like the game winner against Oregon, the game winner against USC, the game winner in, against Oregon again, oh, that's his highest moment. Well, no, he's been good for 12 weeks. He's not just been good for those yeah. four, three plays. Yeah, but like McCaffrey has scored a touchdown like every week. Tyreek Hill might break <laughs> 2,000 yards. Like his his balance of work over the course of the year, for me, those two guys have been the two most valuable players in the league. Yeah. When you have a season where a quarterback isn't really dragging any team no, that's true. through particularly. Yeah. Um, that, that, was, that was my little quarterback. Yeah. Round. I think if you give me a two, I think I will give it McCaffrey. Yeah. Over Tyreek, because, yeah. No, I think, I think it would be McCaffrey if you're giving them two. But I, I do think Lamar's probably going to win it again. Yeah, I think so too, but I, I don't. And it's not to denigrate Lamar Jackson, but I think he has 25 touchdowns in four, in 15 games, thrown four. Well, like it's not. But he also, yeah. He's, and obviously, the, 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 thing, take... the, the thing with Lamar, he's probably the hardest player in the league to defend against. Because he could just launch it fifty yards or just take it himself. And I guess Tyreek is in that as well. But but yeah, he's yeah, he's he's fun. And like the, I think the thing with Lamar as well, it, and it's similar it's the, the opposite to the Brock Purdy stuff, is that people are like, Oh, all these teams had a chance to him in the off season. Yeah, but we knew what that was when it was happening. We knew it yeah. was kind of like shady moverings, but yeah. But I, I really don't care about who we, I didn't really care when Russ was like Barack Obama, two thousand eight, in it in uh, a few years ago when he was trying to win it. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else? Or do you want to put me in the bin? Right. So the reason Stuart thinks he should be in the bin is we've got a lovely little group of five of us, <laughs> and we started a new thing on Sunday <laughs> where everyone's going to pick a player, like a prop bet, as an accumulator. And all four of us in the six PM games picked a player to score a touchdown, and all four of them scored. And Stuart, in his eternal wisdom, decided to go with Jake Ferguson of the Dallas price. Cowboys. It was a good price, fifteen to eight. Yeah, that's the reason it was a good price, mate. <laughs> I, I think, I think I tweeted or maybe put in that group chat. I've the Seahawks played the Cowboys three weeks ago, and I've never been more invested in a Cowboys game this season. And you know, at a time of year where uh, people could have done with a few hundred quid in their put back pockets more, uh, you know, sort of two days before Christmas, so, that so, that would have been. Sorry, it was Christmas Eve, the game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you could have earned back everyone's Christmas yeah. shopping with uh, you know just picking CD Lamb or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. No, no. Well, no, but, no, but that'd be boring. 
Because like like one of the players is David Njoku. Yeah. He's not like not done anything for three years. Jake Ferguson ended Jamal Adams' Seahawks career. It's true. But anyway, so that's but why yeah, Stuart yeah. probably deserves to go in the bin. Yeah, I, I do. It's yeah. And like the fact he's probably gonna score the first touchdown on Sunday is gonna is quite funny, oh, you know. within within three <laughs> minutes of the game starting. That's a fact. Uh and that's for the bin. I think we probably need to go in the bin for not podcasting for a little while. Um, no. uh, we probably need to sort ourselves out, but we need yeah. the interactions. We need people to get in touch. I mean, yeah. we, know, we know you're listening, so we, we, do write stuff in and send questions that we can try and ham-fistedly answer because uh, we want to keep it going and we want to keep going through the off-season and get some good, good guests and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, let us know what you want to listen to and, and we'll try and not fuck it up. Yeah, but this, this game has been on the schedule since March and it's been one person we've mentioned about getting on and Neither of us made any attempt to get a person on. Yeah, I probably dropped the ball on that one ever so slightly. Uh, maybe a, maybe we can do a post game reacts. Yeah, this, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll get like the soda thing. We will turn up in a, in a Stillers jersey. Um, but yeah, I think that, I don't think there's anyone else. Just yours, your usual suspects. And I mean, the, the how dominant the MVP conversation is is annoying. I know there's like actual games to talk about. Yeah, and like, in, like important games, like the. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 even like I don't know, it, I, I don't know, probably a deeper mean meaning to all this, but yeah, oh, massive fan of Ryan Fitzpatrick listing uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to class of two thousand and five double vaxxed mm-hmm. before asking Aaron Rodgers a question is uh, is quite good. Um, yeah, he can get in the bin because like he's curtailed an entire franchise's season. He's uh, put a blot on the coffee book of. Um, uh, Robert Salah, he could have ended there. Joe Douglas's personal career because of Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, and yeah, it's just enough in there. Yeah, uh, Jay Monahan getting a bit as well for being the worst commissioner in all of sports. Um, yeah, enjoy the game on Sunday or whatever time of 2024's first hanger of the year you watch it in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all the usual means and methods at the Ped Pod on Twitter to get involved with the pod- podcast. <laughs> they said a word that annoys Dan Karen. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, enjoy the game. All the usual means and methods. Uh, have a safe, um, uh, <laughs> hopefully, just see what's not affecting things much. A happy new year to all the 17 people who listen to this pod. And until next time, this has been the Pedestrian Podcast. Go Hawks. Mm-hmm.